This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a genuine pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. And we do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time. It might be that you're watching today for the very first time, and I hope that you'll stay tuned today as we're going to discuss a subject I believe will be of help to us all. Our, our theme today is entitled, On Eagle's Wings. On Eagle's Wings. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Some of you that are watching now may watch every time we come on the air, and we appreciate uh, your help in telling other people about getting to know your Bible. Now, on our telecast today, we're offering the free Bible correspondence course that some of you have already received and, and have successfully completed. And others of you may have been watching our telecast for a while, and you've been thinking, one day I'm going to call for that Bible course, but but you've just not gotten around to it. We want to encourage you today to call, to, uh, call today to receive the free Bible Correspondence Course. Now, for those of you who are watching today for the first time, may I assure you the course we're offering is uh, free of charge. We do not ask for donations. We do not ask for money. It's free. And so we want you to have it. You say, well, I can't understand why you would offer something free. It's because we want you to get to know the Bible better. So that's the only reason that we're doing it. And so we want to pause for just a moment so that you can learn more about the Bible course and so that you can learn how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read now from Isaiah, the 40th chapter and verse 31. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. There was a man who had been in a dungeon for 20 years. He would just walk around in that dungeon and from corner to corner, from wall to wall. But one day, he happened to lean on the door of the dungeon, and when he did, to his surprise, the door opened. You see, the door had been open all the time. He was self-contained in prison. There are many people who go through life in self-made prisons. While there are those who are in the prison of fear. 
And there are many people who have lots of fears today. And they are imprisoned by that fear. But in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, Paul said, God has not given us the spirit of fear. God's people are not to be a people of fear. Jesus said, fear not, little flock. And so if you are in the prison of fear, we want you to learn how to soar like an eagle. There are those that are in the prison of failure. You say, well, I failed one time and I, I don't ever intend to try again. I tried living the Christian life at one time and it, it just didn't work out for me and I don't ever intend to try it again. I've had so many failures in life. Well, you're self-contained in prison. In the 25th chapter of Matthew in the parable of the talents that Jesus gave, one of the man that, men that had received one talent told the master that had given him the talent, I was afraid. He was filled with fear, and as a result, he did not use that which had been given to him. Some are in the prison of inferiority. Oh, they just feel as though they cannot do anything. I think of Moses when I think about someone who felt inferior. You might remember in the third chapter of Exodus when God appeared to Moses in the bush that burned, and yet the bush was not consumed, and God told him to take the his shoes from off his feet because of the ground upon which he was standing was holy ground. And then God commissioned him to go back to the land of Egypt and stand before Pharaoh and preach this sermon. Let my people go. But Moses felt so inferior. He said, Lord, I can't, I can't speak well. And, and, and they're not going to believe me. You see, he just did not think that he was up to the task. Maybe you are in the prison of inferiority. And then there is the prison of negativism. I think of a story in the Old Testament in the 13th chapter of Numbers when God's people came to the point of entering over into the land of Canaan. And there were spies sent over into the land. Two of those spies came back, Joshua and Caleb, and they said, we can take it. You see, the reason they knew they could take because God had already given them the land. They just had to go and, and drive out the inhabitants of the land. But there were other spies, ten spies who came back, and they said, we can't do it. Well, I said, they're giants in the land, and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. That's quite an exaggerated comparison, I think. But, but they, you see, they were totally negative. And unfortunately, the children of Israel listened to the men who said, we cannot do it. And they wandered in the wilderness for some 40 years. You may be in a self-contained, self-made prison today. And I want to encourage you to, to think about how you can break out of that prison and how you can be free in Jesus Christ. I read the story once about the baby elephant. And when it was a baby, it was shackled with a chain that it could not break. And as he grew, he became accustomed to the idea, I can't move, I can't break the chain. And then as he grew older, 
The chain was replaced by a rope that he could easily break. But you see, he had been conditioned to believe, I can't move. The world is filled with people like the elephant. That they have been conditioned to believe they can't accomplish, that they can't do anything in life, and they have been so accustomed to that, you guess what? They don't accomplish much in life, and they are just as surely shackled as that elephant. But we can soar like the eagle. You see, we have power available to us that, that uh, gives us that, that ability to burst out of those prisons that might in, in, uh, contain us and soar like an eagle. In Philippians 4.13, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You need to understand that God wants you to get the most out of life. He wants you to get the most out of life. In John the 10th chapter and verse 10, the Bible said, Jesus said that he came that, he might have, that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. First Peter 3 and 10 says, he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Do, do you feel like that you have the best days in your life right now? Do you think that you have ever gotten as much out of life as God intended? You see, life begins when you want it to, regardless of the circumstances around you. Some think that life begins at, at retirement. And some think that life begins when they find the right job. And some think that life really begins when they find that right person. And some say that life begins at 40. You see, there may be some reasons that you're not enjoying that abundant life that there may be some valid reasons as to why that you're not getting the most out of life. Maybe one reason is you're going in the wrong direction. And if you're not going in the direction that God moves in, you're going in the wrong direction. And so you may not be getting the most out of life because you're moving in a way, uh, moving away from God. And so if you're going in the wrong direction, there's no wonder you're not getting the most out of life. The most out of life is found in the Lord Jesus Christ and not out of Him. Jesus came that we might have that abundant life. And then perhaps you haven't gotten the most out of life because you've not been willing to pay the price. Are you willing to pay the price? Uh, I read that somewhere that at the base of the Washington Monument, I've not seen this personally, I've seen the monument from a distance, but I never did see what I'm about to tell you about, that, that there's a sign that says that there's no waiting to get to the top if you're willing to take the stairs. And, and that's true in life. 
if we're willing to pay the price, we're going to succeed in life and we're going to enjoy the abundant life in Jesus Christ. But maybe the reason you've never enjoyed that and maybe that you, you're not getting the most out of life is because you've never used the potential that you have. I, I read about an Indian many years ago who discovered oil on his property he bought a Cadillac. He got an Abe Lincoln stovepipe hat and a cigar and went down the street in that car. But uh, no, he never ran over anybody. He never hurt anybody because he had two horses in front of it pulling it when there were hundreds of horses under the hood. But he never did put the, the key in the ignition and switch it, switch it on so he could drive it. And I think that sometimes describes the way a lot of us are in life. We, we, we have a lot of a potential. We have a lot of potential for good. But it's never been used. Psychologists tell us that the, the ratio of ability that we use is perhaps 2% to 5%. I think about a young man who came running to Jesus in the 19th chapter of Matthew. And he said, good master, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, you need to keep the commandments. And he asked, which? And, and Jesus enumerated some of those commandments. He said, I've kept all of those from my youth up. What lack I yet? And Jesus told him to go and sell what he had and give it to the poor and come and follow him. And, and he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. I've often thought what potential this young man had. Oh, he was a good young man. He, he had done so many things that were right. But he went to his grave with his music still in him. He never used his potential for good. And, and maybe another reason you've never gotten the most out of life is because you've taken the wrong turn or you've been given the wrong directions and, and you've been influenced negatively. You have been influenced in a way that would keep you from accomplishing in life. Maybe you've had someone to build low ceilings over you. And what we need to do is to get out of these self-made prisons. Or maybe you just have a loser's attitude. I remember preaching in a town one time where the church seemed to have a loser's attitude. Actually, one of the church leaders, one of the elders told me, this is a dying church in a dying town. And what was so sad about it he almost seemed proud of it. That wasn't anything of which that one ought to be proud. But maybe the reason you've never gotten the most out of life is because you just have this attitude. I'm already defeated. But I want you to know the future is now. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The future is yours and it is within your hand. There was a boy that had a bird in his hand and he asked someone, is the bird dead or is the bird alive? And the answer given was correct. And the answer was, the power of life and death is within your hands. Because if I were to say that the bird is alive, then you could crush the bird with your hand and kill it.
And if I were to say that the bird is dead, you could release the bird and let it fly. So the power of life and death is within your hands. And your future is within your hands. Whatever you plan to do in your life is within your hands. How can you soar like an eagle? How can you get the most out of life? First of all, you must really believe in what you're trying to do. Don't go at it half-heartedly. Do you really believe in what you're trying to do? You see, if you don't believe in what you're trying to do, who else will? Can you imagine a salesman trying to make a sale and, and, and he says, you wouldn't like to buy this, would you? Well, that tells me right off the bat he doesn't believe in what he's trying to sell. He's not very sold on his product. You must really believe in what you're trying to do. As a father, as a mother, as a Christian, as a citizen, you, you need to believe in what you're trying to do and go after it with your whole heart, with your whole soul. And you must have a plan. I believe that we ought to have goals in our lives. And once we get our plan, then we need to get into gear. Uh, there was a lady's car that wouldn't go. She had it in neutral. And a lot of people are, can't, can't go in life because they are in neutral. And, and there is a need for us to make adequate planning in our lives. In Luke, the 14th chapter, Jesus told about a man who started to build a tower he said, what man is it that would build a tower and not first of all sit down and calculate the cost to see if he would have sufficient to finish it? And many start out in life and they never count the cost. They never have a plan. They never try to envision what they're trying to do in life. And as a result, they don't get very far. I'm, I, let me also suggest that you're going to have to be persistent. If you want to get the most out of life, you want to enjoy that abundant life, you want to soar like an eagle, be persistent. And persistence is biblical. Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Jesus had persistence in mind when he said, be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. That's surely what Paul meant when he said, Be not weary in well-doing, but for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Be persistent. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's persistence. That's what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. In whatever you do, do it with all your might. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse number 10. Don't, don't get cooked in the squat. One day Granny's biscuit came out about looking about like silver dollars. They were just almost as thin as a silver dollar. And someone says, Granny, what happened to your biscuit? Well, she said they squatted to rise and they got cooked in the squat. And many people have gotten cooked in the squat in life. They, they've, they've never been able to accomplish much in life. But let me tell you, quitters never win, and winners never quit. It was the prize fighter, gentleman Jim Corbett, who had a saying. He said, just, just one more round. Many people today in our 
society, especially in America, are anxious about lots of things. That they are troubled about lots of things. But I want you to know, in spite of the circumstances around us, we can still soar like an eagle. And the action is the key to success. Just do it right now. James 1.22 says, Be you doers of the word, and not hearers only. We need to be doers, and doers of the word of God. But somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, if, if, I, if I, wait a minute, ifs are the bolts to the doors of success. It's not if. You need to stay excited about what you're trying to do. You're trying to raise a family, stay excited about that. You're trying to build a business, stay excited about it. You're, you're trying to make good grades in school, you need to stay excited about it. Stay excited about whatever it is that you're trying to do. Maybe some of you are, are salespersons, and, and maybe sales have been sagging a little because of the economy. You just need to stay excited about what you're trying. If you see, if you lose the flame of enthusiasm, the fire will go out. It was Charles Schwab who said, a man can exceed at almost anything for which he has unlimited enthusiasm. And may I also encourage you to, to maintain faith in the power of God. Whenever you fail to have faith in the power of God, you're not going to succeed in life. I may be speaking to someone now who's trying to overcome an addiction. You see, this lesson applies to you as well. You can soar like an eagle. You can overcome whatever it is that has you shackled. Get out of that prison. Soar like an eagle. But the power is not within you. The power is with God. That's why Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I read about a, a myth about a tortoise that wished that he could fly. He called out to the eagle. He said, friend eagle, you're the best flyer among all of the birds. If you'll teach me to fly, I'll just bring you all of the treasures of the sea. But the eagle replied, Well, you're asking the impossible, friend tortoise. In the first place, you were never intended to fly. And in the second place, you don't have any wings to fly. But the tortoise was pretty insistent, so the eagle said, Well, he'd do his best. So, so he told the tortoise to hang on as he flew high into the sky. And then, then he loosed his hold on the now frightened tortoise and cried out, said, oh, all right, start flying. And the poor tortoise fell to the earth, was dashed to the pieces on the rocks. 
the lesson for us is this. When we become vain enough to think we can do it on our own, we are headed for the rocks of frustration, failure, and disaster. Solomon had it best when he said, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. You see, with God, the victory is ours. But do you have Him in your life right now? Some of you that have been watching want to soar like an eagle. You, you want that abundant life that Jesus promised. You want to be able to be happy and get the most out of life, but you've never given your life to Him. May I urge you today to give your life to Christ? By believing on Him with your heart. And then you must repent of your sins. Acts 3.19 You must be willing to acknowledge your faith in Him. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. You must be baptized into Christ. Galatians 3.26 and verse 27. And then you must live a faithful Christian life, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. And by being in Jesus Christ and being in the body of Christ, which is the church, you can live that abundant life, that happy life, and you can soar like an eagle. Because in Christ, then you know that your sins are forgiven, your present is in His hands, and the future is secure. That's why Paul said, I know in whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. In the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also right now, I want to urge you to pick up the telephone and call the number that you have seen on the screen and call today, right now, for the free Bible correspondence course. We have operators standing by waiting to get your name and address. We'll send the course to you. I want to thank you for watching today, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, 
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.